Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, voted most likely to drop his phone in the toilet by his high school class. Which is saying something, folks, because then they were all landlines. Matthew Henry, how you doing, Matthew? Good, good. I Yeah, I, I definitely would have dropped my 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 phone in the toilet uh back then you know those big old the corded phones with you know I, I, the clear one with they could see all the gadgets inside all the like circuitry inside and that was my phone yeah that was what was considered a cool phone back in the days was, that's right uh, was a landline with with clear clear plastic <laughs> so, you, so you could see all of the telephony technology inside so you know, cool all, so cool all the all the big tubes and the running hamster wheel <laughs> Uh, how you doing? Well, uh, I'm doing okay right now. I am, I am, I am fighting the COVID gods. Uh, Uh-oh. COVID has descended upon the household. Oh no. And, uh, yeah, my, my teenagers came back from a teen conference that they're at this weekend. And, uh, yeah, after I saw the pictures of them in the mosh pit and, you know, doing the, well, during a dance and all that, I, I knew that, uh, you know, the inevitable and sure enough, they, they started coming down with something yesterday or, or Monday, yeah, and uh, and then and then yesterday was confirmed that they had COVID, and so now we're all on edge in the household. You know, everybody's kind of in their separate living spaces, and so I am not in the closet today. I'm actually in my living room, and so if you're if I'm sounding a little more echoey than normal, that that is why I don't have my wife's dresses and my old suits to muffle the sound tonight. Wow. I mean, typical teenagers, right? You send them off for the weekend, they come back with a disease. Seriously. I mean, you know, like you try to make them go have fun and then they come back and just make things worse. Like just teens, man. Teens, teens, you know, we're bringing back the, uh, um, the Rona. And, 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 uh, I mean, I guess it, I guess it's better than say, uh, you know, what's that one that we, that all the kids used to get? Cause they were, you know, they were sharing too many soda drinks. I mean, well, let's face it, they were kissing. What, what, what's that one disease? Uh, it's not lupus. It's not. Oh, mono? Mono! That's right. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not mono. That's I true. Mean, That's true. This is a legitimate airborne disease. They didn't get it by swapping spit with some other ugly teenager. That's right. That's right. Well, I guess I guess that's the bright side. I, yeah. So, uh, but you, how are you coming back from Mexico? From Oh yeah, I'm you know I'm good. I'm good. I was in I was in beautiful Playa del Carmen, uh, a um, a place that I don't think I ever would have chosen to go. I was I was at a destination wedding, and uh, it was an interesting experience. It was an interesting experience. I, I think I would have enjoyed Playa del Carmen if I was twenty years younger. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of uh, nightlife. And, uh, you know, we stayed at this hotel uh, kind of like off the beach and it was, we were like, oh, let's stay in the downtown area ish and like, you know, absorb the culture. I, I mean, I knew nothing about this place before and I didn't really research it. Playa del Carmen is just a total tourist trap. 
it, that it, that is its culture. And uh, and all I heard, you know, till two thirty every morning was just loud club music coming from the the popular uh, walking area where they, they call it Fifth Avenue. And uh, it's just this place full of stores and restaurants and clubs. And uh, during the day, you walk down there, and all the vendors are trying to pull you in and sell you thirty five dollar t shirts. <laughs> and um, you know, you know, and then you, you got to bargain them down to a, a normal price. And, uh, you know, but it was beautiful. There was really nice beaches. Beaches were super crowded. Uh, but I spent a lot of time just sleeping, you know, mm. I spent a lot of time not really doing much of anything. Yeah. Well, you're on vacation, so, right? That's right. That's right. And, uh, it was really nice. You know, I just, that's all I did. And that's, and that's why we didn't have an episode last week or that's why we did the early episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's not all you did though. Cause you sent me a photo. Hmm of a picture it was a, a tequila bottle i believe that had the <laughs> photo of you and our mother on the front correct. correct so i didn't hear the story on how this this transpired like how does one get a photo of them on a tequila bottle well i think if you're in playa del carmen you just sit anywhere long enough uh, somebody's going to print your photo on something and then try to sell it to you nice so so that is basically what happened we were at a restaurant um and uh, and they came by and they said, you know, excuse me, sir, would you like to have a photograph uh, with your wife? <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you, know, you did uh, shave the beard, by the way. Now, is yeah, this is that is this a yeah, result of that? Absolutely. I got tired of people calling me and my mother, husband and wife. And, um, you know, I have a little bit of gray in our beard, my beard. And uh, and she dyes her hair. Mother, it's time for you to stop dyeing your hair. Um, the fact that, uh, that contributed to, to me being embarrassed perpetually, um, uh, yeah, led to me shaving the beard. Um, uh, but you know, this was, this was our first evening there and, uh, and I hadn't done that yet. And this was like the first time that I was mistaken as her husband. And, um, you know, he asked us to take a romantic photograph together. <laughs> oh, God. So embarrassed. So bad. so bad so bad anyway uh and then you know and, and i kind of thought i knew it was going to happen i thought i knew that they were just going to come back with a, a photograph of, of of me you know like some sort of picture frame or whatever right yes and, you know, like, yeah and they did that they brought that and i was like i don't want this like i, I don't need a picture of this you know I don't need this romantic photo of a mother. <laughs> like, just no, I don't want that. And then the guy holds up his finger and then he pulls from out behind his back this bottle of tequila and a label. And on the label, it says the name of the restaurant, which was, wait for it, Karen's. <laughs> and and then a picture, the, the same photograph of us. And I saw that and I was like, the bottle of tequila, the name of the restaurant was Karen's. And I was like, I have to have this. Yes, you can't you know? turn that down. I can't turn that down. And, and you know, I, I mean, like, you know, and, and other factors, if you know, you know. And I just was like, I have to have this bottle. And, uh, and, and then instantly I thought, you know, this would be a great business venture. We should start a, de- a tequila distillery, Matthew. We'll call it Karen's. And the photograph will just be of me and my mother together. Nobody will know why that's there. <laughs> and uh, and we'll just sell this, you know, in the States. I, I'm down. Let's yeah. let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, after that embarrassing story, I, I've got a question for you. Okay. 
if you were famous, Matthew, what would you be famous for? Hmm. Famous or infamous? Either. Ooh, maybe maybe infamous. <laughs> Let's go with that one. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like if it was infamous, it would be me being re- doing something really, really stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you're just a viral video waiting to happen. I am exactly yes, uh, but I think famous. You know, certainly not a singer. I can't hold a note to save my life. Um, I could probably do a little acting, but I, I, the first thing that came to mind, and and I think that um, maybe our listeners might not agree, because I'm certainly the dry one of this group, but I feel like I could be a stand-up comic. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, all right. They the, get stand-up, stand-up, no. No, no. Well, the only problem with that, though, is because I've thought about this, is that I wouldn't be really good at like insulting people. Like, like I'm too nice. You know, I, I could be like, Joe's so fat. You know, I'd be like, I'm like, but not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I, I would totally like, just, um, yeah, I feel like that, that, that I would, I would feel bad instantly calling somebody fat or something like that. No. And so I don't know. I don't know. You, if you're to be a good stand up comedy, you, you, at least to get through the early, you know, the early stages of stand up being a stand up comic, you have to be very good at ripping people. Yeah, because, because a lot of these a lot of these losers that go to comedy shows are wannabe stand up comedians, right? They they want to be on the stage, but they don't have the courage. Yeah. So they 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 heckle. Yeah, the trolls. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, right. And so and so, in order to be a good comic, you got to be able to control the stage. You got to be able to control the mic. You got to be able to turn that heckler into material, and uh, and kind of make them you know you know make them shut up. And so, yeah, you got to be really good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are too nice. Yeah. So maybe I'm never. I was just. I was just never um, destined to be famous. I think that was probably it. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. 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 What about? I you? thought you were gonna. I, well, I thought. Well, I was gonna say podcasting. Right. That's, <laughs> of course. That's, it. that's what we're both gonna be famous for. Podcasting. Well, we're gonna well. blow up Matthew any day. Well, you know, our cousin yeah. Maggie, the longtime blogger, you know, she had this phrase on her blog that was called "Famous Among Dozens." Yeah. Right. I feel like I that's, feel like that's appropriate. That's us now. It is us now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can't say hundreds. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, man. Someday. 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 Maybe next season. Tell a friend. (laughs) Tell a friend, folks. Tell a friend, folks. (laughs) There's not many of you, but there's more than a dozen. Yeah. Actually, quite a bit more than a dozen. So that's not bad. Quite a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Well. Today, folks, is Wednesday, November 16th, as we record this podcast. The Giants uh, went 0-0 this past week because it's the offseason and nobody is playing baseball. At least nobody in the major leagues. Oh, while I was away, it became the first of, you know, a hot, so- hot stove season officially started. Teams were able to to start making free agent offerings. They were able to make qualifying offers. They had to execute options. So all kinds of, you know, it was the beginning of the hot stove season. A lot happened, Ben, while you were out on, you know, sleeping away in in, in Mexico. A lot. I did pay a little bit of attention. um, And and we've got a lot to talk about. Um, But before we dive into all of that. We've got to do. We've got to do the cocktails. Bob, hit Matthew. What are you drinking, Matthew? 
So, Bob, this is actually a Matthew original. And there's a little bit of a story behind this. So uh, I belong to a subreddit on Reddit called uh, Cocktails. It's Cocktails subreddit. And they do a monthly uh, contest where they introduce a couple of a couple of elements that you have to include in a cocktail and then you know, do it. And I've actually never participated in the co- in the contest, but I enjoy looking at like what the 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 ingredients that they're you know putting out that that month. And this month it was uh, maraschino liqueur and fernet branca. And uh, so that got me thinking a little bit because. Um, I'd stumbled across the, there's a popular uh, um, cocktail called The Last Word. And uh, I believe it's like gin, maraschino liqueur, um, uh, chartreuse, uh, and maybe lime juice, I think. And it's all equal parts, right? And so, um, so what I did is I decided to swap out the, um, the, the chartreuse for some Fernet. And so this cocktail actually has a one and a half ounces of gin, a half ounce each of Luxardo maraschino liqueur and Fernet Branca, an ounce of lime juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup. And my first iteration was just that actually was half an ounce of simple syrup. And that didn't seem like enough when I tasted it. I could still, the, the Fernet and the maraschino together are quite, uh, they're quite strong. And so I added a little bit more simple syrup. So three quarter ounces, what I added on. And then I got inspired to throw a couple dashes of Peychaud's bitters in there. And that actually really brought it together. I really like that, uh, that addition. So, so uh, definitely with the, the, the gin, one and a half ounces of gin, half ounce each of Luxardo and Fernet, ounce of lime juice, three quarter ounce of simple syrup and two dashes of Peychaud's and you shake it all up in a cocktail shaker, double strain it into a coupe glass, throw a couple of maraschino Luxardo cherries in there and enjoy. And it's a, it's a definitely interesting, you know, the balance between the the maraschino and the Fernet both have very distinctive flavors. And so when you put them together, it's, um, it, it definitely has a Yeah, definitely kind of that Amaro kind of, you know, aftertaste there. Uh, but uh, actually, I was really, really liking this and definitely different. Not something that uh, you would normally get at like a bar or one of the classics. So I I, I actually enjoyed this one. So that's what I'm bringing. And I called it because it has a little bit of punch to it. I called it Strong Like Judge. And and I might change the name if if Judge doesn't sign with the Giants. But for now, I'm honoring the man, the future of the Giants organization, Aaron Judge. Interesting. So you're saying the the two the two primary cocktails in there, I guess they weren't the primary cocktails in your case, but but the Fernet and the Maraschino liqueur were required. Yes, they were. They were. They were the the two required elements. I can see. Okay, I got it. All right. Well, I like the gin going in there. I think that's an that's the that's a very strong choice with that pairing. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm not a big on the the Amaro the I, thing. I thought so, of you when you I was know. making this. I know you're not a Fernet fan. I know you don't like yeah. it. And uh, you know, and which is interesting because it is kind of like the hot liqueur right now, and especially uh, just reading about it, uh, bartenders in San Francisco, uh, in particular, are known to do shots of it. Like they, it has become kind of the the fancy thing that 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 bartenders themselves like to drink and sip. 
So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely an acquired taste. Uh, um, it's got a little strong punch to it, that anise kind of like licorice kind of flavor. So uh, definitely distinctive for sure. Well, it sounds very, sounds very well crafted. Thank Did you. you submit it? Did you submit it? I didn't submit it because, you know, I honestly, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I still see myself as this amateur guy and I don't, I, I'm just not ready to be like, you know, heckled by the, uh, by right. the, the, the cocktail enthusiasts on, on Reddit. Right. Well, I guarantee you. Well, so first of all, with a mixture like that, maraschino liqueur and frenette, I, I, I think it's, I, I see those as bold choices. Uh, but anyway, it, you know, my guess is that most people just look at the recipe list. They don't actually make the cocktails when they vote on these things. Right. Right. Because they don't have all the ingredients. They're not going to go through and make each one of these before they vote. So they're just really they're really just voting on who put together the best list of ingredients. So, so mine know, wouldn't win yeah. because mine was too simple. Yeah, yeah, take it with that. Fair, take it with a grain of salt. But you know, like if they, yeah, yeah, and that, that is a problem with these kinds of things. Is just sort of like you know, people don't actually make them. Um, and a lot of these cocktails, you really don't know what you have until you taste them together, right? Your brain is just not as as good at at synthesizing these flavors um, as your your tongue is discerning them when when you actually put them together. But anyway, it sounds like a very lovely cocktail. Thank you. So, Bob, I think we need to. Ask Ben, dare we? Well, I don't even know if we have to ask, but uh, ask anyway, Bob. What's ask Ben? What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I this week decided to change things up a little bit, so I am drinking a Planter's Punch <laughs> that I made slight modifications to <laughs> since last week. All right. And 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 the reason is because yes, Darren Judge is still not a San Francisco Giant, right? And and he hasn't signed with anyone yet. Uh so here I am stuck in limbo. I've made a promise. I'm sticking with the bit, right? You got to commit to the bit. And so here we are with the Planters Punch recipe number 4. And those of you who've been paying attention, which I know is all dozens of you, I uh, I've been progressing towards towards what I'd like to be a a sort of holiday or Thanksgiving featured cocktail, uh, and so this week I've made a couple modifications from last week. I changed the rum. Uh, I am using a a an overproof dark Jamaican rum. Uh, t- this is the Plantation OFTD. Um, which is a sixty nine percent alcohol. So that's a, a like what a one thirty eight. Uh, proof rum. Um, so I'm using two and a quarter ounces of that for my my strong. Um, my sour is of course a quarter, three quarters of an ounce of of lime juice. Um, my sweet is uh, an ounce and a half of cinnamon simple syrup, homemade cinnamon simple syrup. I made that simple syrup by steeping a couple of cinnamon sticks in in hot water i brought it to a boil and then i boiled that for a couple of minutes until it was reduced by like half i did about a cup of water and then i let that steep a little bit longer before making uh, simple syrup out of that water there's really two ways to make that and that's kind of the quick way to do it the slower way to do it is just to make simple syrup and then let your sticks steep in the hot simple syrup for about six hours um i did it the quick way and then uh and then i topped that off this week with more apple juice like I did last week. But last week I used an unfiltered apple juice. 
this week I used, you know, that um, that Italian apple juice, the one that comes in the little thing shaped like an apple, you know. It's not Italian. Uh, it's it's, it's American made. It's from our, from the land of San, S- Santa Cruz County. It's specifically the pride of the, Watsonville, man. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, I was going to say it's specifically from the Ville of Watson. Yes, the yeah. Ville of Watson, exactly. The Yes, I mean, sure. Yes, yes. You know, it, it's Martinelli's. Yes, the one with the straight filtered, clean apple juice. I used, uh, I used um, uh, two to three ounces of that. Uh, I typically use two ounces, and then I and then I stir that with ice to get the extra dilution. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I'd serve that over ice and garnished it with a couple of dry apple slices and a a cinnamon stick, and. Um, one thing I will say about this cocktail is two and a quarter ounces of the overproof rum might have been a little overly ambitious. Um, yeah, yeah. This I, we, is just, real- we just got a call from our attorneys and they just want to <laughs> say, uh, disclaimer, drink this mm. drink at your own risk. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 a journey. It's a journey to get to my Thanksgiving cocktail. And I will say this is a stop along the way. Um, I don't want everybody at Thanksgiving to get uh, super wasted. So I'm definitely be toning down the rum. It, it's really it's really also a very strong uh, dominant flavor in the cocktail, which which is fine. But it's really not what I'm going for. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, other than that, it is a really clean, clean and crisp flavor it's very um but it is also very very holiday very fall oriented with the cinnamon and the apple juice i i'm getting there matthew i'm getting there i i think i think i think next week i'll make a couple of tweaks to the rum um and i think i might add a little bit of my own spices Mm. but i but i think i'm only one step away and I, I think right now our plan is to publish on Thanksgiving. Is is that not that is the plan? Plan unless I'm yeah. laid up with COVID and can't uh, yeah. can't do it. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I may just have to just do the episode by myself. You, you could, yeah, especially to get that drink out there because I know everybody will be waiting for it for Thanksgiving Day. That's right. They'll all be well, folks. Just be ready. You gotta have a, you. Know, I'm thinking a Demerara rum, maybe with a little bit of this overproof rum. So have those on hand. All right, and then and then maybe a little bit of apple juice and some cinnamon syrup, maybe some nutmeg. Mm-hmm. We might we might go with some nutmeg. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Freshly grated, uh, perhaps, perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, uh, and and that's my cocktail. That's plantation. Oh, sorry, that's Planters Punch number four. Uh, yeah, um, I will call it four fifths of the Thanksgiving Planters Punch. All right. Well, now I'm kind of curious to see where the planner's punch is going to go after Thanksgiving. Cause I just, I don't think Aaron judge is going to sign by Thanksgiving, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he may not sign at all. And in which case, um, I'm going to be making these forever. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a journey. It's definitely going to be a journey and we might just be at the beginning of that journey. So it's funny how each season you get stuck in these things, like the, 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 the dice last year, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, this is easier than the dice, right? Because the dice, the dice was just like, I had no idea what was coming. And, and it was, you know, it was different every week. And I wasn't, I was going to have to go out and get like maybe up to four different ingredients. This is sort of like, I can just tweak one or two things. And like, and at this point, I think I have all the rums I need. 
Like, All right. You know, I don't need to go buy any more new rums because I've got like five of them at this point. So, so you know. We'll have to, we'll have to talk at some point, maybe do a, a teaser episode on how to buy rum because I've – uh, and where to buy it and, and all that, because I, I, you know, my local grocery store, it's, which is a high end kind of boutique grocery store. doesn't carry a large selection of rum though. And, uh, um, be interesting to see kind of how, what you would suggest on that. Well, let's do it. Let's do it after Thanksgiving. All right. As I'm, as I'm preparing for my Christmas planters punch. That's right. And then maybe my new year's planters punch. <laughs> And then your spring planters punch. Yeah, please, Aaron, Aaron, don't make, don't make me do it. Don't, don't. I mean, come on, look, we both know I will eventually give this up if you sign with the, you know, with the Yankees. But, um, you know. Uh, it would be nice I, to celebrate with nice one if, finals. Yeah, if you punch. just put me out of my misery and just let me change to a different cocktail, like sometime before January. Yeah. Mm? Little Christmas gift. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, speaking yeah, of, yeah, I was just gonna say, Aaron Judge may not sign before uh, the new year, but there have been some signings uh, since we last spoke. Uh, but interesting. I mean, even before we get to that, uh, we have to say goodbye, apparently, to an old friend. That's right. That's right. We're good, close, personal friends with uh, Evan Longoria. Yeah, see, in his Instagram post where he said goodbye, though, he didn't tag us. Like, I was a little little disappointed. I mean, <laughs> he tagged Brandon Crawford, but not us. Well, you know, he doesn't want all the fans to feel like, you know, less. Fair, fair. Less than, right? You know, so. Well, you know, it you might know. also be the fact that I think a couple episodes ago, I said that I never really considered him a giant. Like, maybe that was maybe it. I, like, to me, he'll always be a Tampa Bay Ray. Like, I just. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that might have been it. And, you know, I, now that you mention it, he hasn't tagged me in his, his stacks swap post. <laughs> you know, those, uh, what, yeah. what are those, those weird trading card things that he does on the Instagram? Yeah, he hasn't called me out there since, since you said that. No. Well, I, I, you know, I honestly, like, I can't be the only one. I mean, that, you know, there's not a lot of Longoria jerseys in the stands. You know, it's just. No. You know. I think it is interesting. I think I think Evan Longoria was the perfect kind of signing for the Giants, but I think I as think a last the, gasp to try and hang on to their dynasty, is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think he was like if if you know if if Longoria had come a few years earlier, right? Like like I think he was the perfect kind of giant on paper, but yeah, I don't think it ever really. I don't think the fans ever really super embraced him and. I think part of it was like his first season he really didn't didn't you know he didn't necessarily come out like gangbusters you know what i mean he did not make a strong first impression i think both him and mccutcheon were kind of really got off to a slow start that season and they yeah. were supposed to be the two new additions to like keep the giants going and uh and it didn't happen and i i think i think because of that it just always felt like it was in catch-up mode you know and um yeah, I mean, I think a lot of fans felt the way that you do. He just was never, you know. Well, and then and just he, he never, never was on. Clicked. Yeah, right. And he wasn't on the field long enough at times to kind of, you know, make it uh, to get you excited. Like just when he was starting to play well last year, for example, you know, he, he you know runs into Brandon Crawford and injures his shoulder, and 
out for several months. And so it's just, we never really got a chance to be like, yeah, Longoria is the reason why our team is doing well. And, um, you know, so I, yeah. And so on Instagram, he wished everybody goodbye. And I think that there was some talk about him re-signing or, you know, but it sounds like the Giants are, um, are content with uh, David VR and uh, JD Davis and, uh, and, and maybe a short stop that might go and play third base for a season. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were too many reasons to not sign him and not enough reasons to sign him. And I think the main reason to sign him was the difference between 5 million and 13 million wasn't a lot. Right. Because remember that was, he had one year, he had a, a an option, a team option with a buyout. Yeah. And the team option was 13 million. And yes. the buyout was five million, which is a big it's, buyout. That's you know you don't see that very often, right? It was a very big buyout, but but at the you know either way, the Giants had to pay him at least five million, or at most thirteen million. And um, and the fact that he said goodbye tells you that the Giants bought him out, right? Like otherwise, otherwise we would have heard something different. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just there's too many choices. They they talked about how they wanted to get younger, they wanted to get more athletic. And, uh, you know, they talked about bringing all of these guys back, but you and I got, have already talked about this. Like, if you brought all of the guys back that they mentioned, Longoria, Belt, Peterson, um, and, uh, you know, if they brought all those guys back, plus the, you know, everybody's fan favorite, uh, Tommy Listella still on the roster, you know, that's not really getting younger or more athletic. And so I, I think the chances of them keeping Longoria were always low. They weren't zero, but I think they were pretty low. And I think I think you're absolutely right. They look at the fact that they have Davis and they have VR, and there are a lot of shortstops that could play third base on the market. I think they felt like that was just one one trigger that, that they really couldn't see themselves pulling, right? It just didn't make a lot of sense to keep it. Right. And, you know, I think that there were some that were talking about what a great year he had when he was healthy. And sure, he's still um, a, a productive uh, third baseman and, and a very good defensive uh, third baseman. But you know, he ha- the, the bottom line is he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, and he's only getting older. and And why would you continue to kind of you know go down that road when it hasn't worked you know uh, to date? So I'm I'm glad that they've kind of at least gotten rid of one question mark and. Uh, and and allowed the now to kind of uh, give us more options as we're going forward. Yeah, I mean, he played in eighty nine games, and I think that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah, which is you know, I mean, that's belt like, right? I mean, you know, so. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking, uh, speaking of another wrong, another yeah. player who has uh, said good, well, he hasn't said goodbye, but uh, and. I guess there really there still is a small chance he could return because um, we don't have a real first baseman uh, yet. But um, and and if he is brought back, uh, Belt uh, probably on a one year, very low value uh, uh, contract in the spring. Like I don't even see them making a decision on it. It would be a hey, we haven't filled this spot yet, and we got a spot for Belt. Let's give him a try. You know, um, I don't I don't think that there's any other reason to, to consider bringing Belt back. Yeah, I I mean, if we yeah, Brandon Belt, I think, could end up being a minor league signing by somebody. He said, though, yeah. that he doesn't want a minor league contract, that he won't accept that. It's got to be a major league contract or nothing. So so he could be retiring if that's the case. Right. Yeah. And I think he's leaning leaning very strongly in that direction. So I just I, I don't see 
the only way I see the Giants bringing him back is if they don't have somebody at first base, they have room on the roster, and because Wilmer Flores is going to play first base. I think that's the plan, right? Wilmer's going to play first base, yeah. but you bring Belt in as a left-hander who can play that position. Right, I mean, and well, I yeah, think, so, so, yeah, Flores is the right-handed, if you know, with their option, with their, uh, right. you know, with their platoon style of playing, then, yeah, he would be the right-handed option at first base. Right, and I think, and I Belt could also be a defensive replacement, although defensive replacement at first base is not really a thing. It's not something you desperately need. Um, but that's the only way I see them bringing him back. And so, yeah, I think he would be a piece that they add very, very late. Very, very late if he's still available. Um, so I, I don't expect, you know, any other way that we see. The only other reason I see them signing Brandon Belt is because they absolutely failed with their other free agent signings. And, and it becomes a very, very bad sign that they're bringing Brandon Belt back. Um so, so yeah, I, I expect Brandon Belt's going to be a, a very late signing, but probably not at all. Because, because there is one guy that we do know is coming back. Good old Jock. Jock Peterson. We, 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 made, we made a cocktail in his honor this year. The Jock Collins. That's right. We even named an episode after him. That's right. So you could, you See? know, you must be jocking. You must, you must be jocking. <laughs> That's because I was super angry that that was their offs. That was their big free agent signing last year. Well, I well, and that begs the question. Like, I mean, is this it? I mean, this is it feels like last year, right? We signed last year. We signed a bunch of our own free agents, and then we signed uh, Jock Peterson towards the end there on a one year contract, and that was it. That was our big guy. And so I feel like a little deja vu all over again. You know, we're kind of signing our own free agents and. Maybe, you know, um, we'll end up with, you know, I don't know, uh, Michael Conforto as our consolation prize. Uh, Michael Conforto or uh, uh, there was, there was some article that we read recently where there was a bunch of guys that the Giants signed that I'd, I'd even never heard of before. Right. <laughs> well, and that could be the case because that's a Farhan special, right? To, you know, dig into people that you've never heard of before. Right. Well, I mean, okay. So first of all, Jock Peterson coming back. First of all, they signed this. This is a very early thing. They made him a qualifying offer and he accepted it. Right. Right. Because it was nineteen and a half million dollars and the guy was not going to get close to that in average annual value, uh, you know, for any from anyone else. Although, you know, I think that there was probably interest uh, on a two or three year contract for for Jock, uh, mainly because the guy rakes against left handed pitching. And uh, or right-handed pitching, I should say, and so uh, yeah, there's definitely a market for him, and and the Giants need a guy that can rake against right-handed pitching, especially perhaps if they want to sell a certain uh, free agent on the fact that there's some protection for him built into the lineup. Uh, so Jock, you know, could serve as a good uh, a good testament to potential free agents. <coughs> Aaron Judge, <coughs> uh, <laughs> that the Giants have some people in the lineup that he could bat, you know, around. Right. I think having Jock Peterson protecting Aaron Judge is is really good because that means that the right-handed pitcher that's facing you is going to make pitches against you, right? Because that's a scenario where a right-hander is going to want to go after Aaron Judge because they don't want to face Peterson with a batter on, right? So that is right. an excellent point. I mean, having a guy like Jock Peterson hitting behind Aaron Judge especially against tough right-handers is, is ideal. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about, like about Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson is a likable player, 
right? He and he did tear up uh, right-handed pitching, and and uh, and he was just like there were times when he was the best giant, like you know, at least two or three runs during last year. You know, on you know, I I think I think there absolutely was a market. He probably could have gotten a multi-year contract, which is something that the guy hasn't gotten in a few years. Right. I think since he was with the Dodgers. Yeah, right. This is his third one year contract in a row. Right. And he probably could have gotten a multi year contract, not at nineteen million dollars, but he could have gotten multiple guaranteed seasons, which would have totaled more than nineteen million dollars. Right now he's got nineteen million dollars guaranteed, but he probably could have done better than that. Right. He probably could have gotten, you know, twenty, you know, close to thirty million dollars guaranteed over two seasons. Right. Um, but he chose not to do that. He took the long-term contract. I'm sorry, he took the one-year contract because he likes the organization, right? It didn't seem like it was, he didn't have to think about it, right? He knew that was the best annual average he was going to get. And, uh, and yeah, and I think the Giants see a lot of things that there are to like about him as well. His defense is atrocious, right? Like I, I, you know, I think we've heard me complain about his defense all the time, but I don't think people see him I don't think the Giants right now see him as an outfielder. Right. I think they see him as a DH. But I think I think this year was a wake-up call for Jock Peterson. I think, because you know, he hasn't always been a terrible uh, outfielder. I mean, he hasn't been an excellent outfielder, but he's been average at you know uh, through his career. And this year, he was one of the worst, right? And so I think that that's a... A uh, for him, he knows that he needs to to you know get in better shape to be uh, to be more athletic out in the outfield, and if nothing else, because he's on a one year contract again, and he knows this is a prove it year. So, uh, I, I I expect that he will get better. I I think a better because there was a lot of talk during the season about his conditioning and or lack thereof, and uh, and I think that uh, if he wants that next big contract, he's going to have to. To, to improve in that area because it's certainly a, uh, if he can improve in that area, he is an, he is an elite elite player against right-handed pitching. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got to be able to run faster. <laughs> yeah. That's the long and short of it. He's got to be able to run faster. Yeah. He should hire me. Uh, I'm a sprint coach. I could, uh, right. I could get him to run mm-hmm. faster. I'll, I'll reach out yeah. to him. Jock, call me, yeah. baby. Yeah. First, uh, first thing is, uh, worry less about how far you're hitting the ball. And, uh, worry about uh you know your your wind sprints yeah yeah, yeah. but you know you know but- I, I i do think i mean just to drive home the point that of how valuable jock peterson is uh his ops plus uh this last year was 144 uh league average is 100 right so he's 44 percent above league average and and the players right above him at 145 Shohei Otani and Bryce Harper. So when you're mentioning the names of when you're being mentioned in the same company as Shohei Otani and Bryce Harper, uh, you're an elite player. And his OPS plus was actually 15th overall in the majors. And uh, and so, yeah, of course, the Giants want that back. You know, and and right. and and according to some of the metrics out there, they didn't overspend. I mean, this 19 million is is on par with what uh, he could he he should be making based on his production. Uh, the only thing, the only caveat that I would say on this is that it's $20 million that they better not be like, oh, I can't spend it now on Aaron Judge, right? I mean, this needs to be just like the, the, the oh, we're going to do this and we're going to spend still well, a boatload of money. I mean, I think that, well, I think that's, that's why they made this offer. I think to them, this was nothing. This was a no brainer. This was a no brainer because they're like $19 million. We can afford that. We'd spend that every day. It's no yes. problem. 
Like, I, that's, you know, like, I'm being a little bit of an optimist here. And, you know, I know I've been very, very pessimistic about this, this regime's ability to sign free agents. But I really do believe all the hype. I do believe that they have a very large budget. I do believe that, that $19 million is nothing to them. Right. Well, especially on a one year contract, right? I mean, there's no, there's no long term risk in this. Yeah. So I absolutely think that this is, this is like, this was just like, a, oh, let's retain this piece. It, it gives us at least a, a very, very strong DH against against right-handed pitching. And and maybe he can get more athletic, and maybe we can trust him in the outfield a little bit more than than we sh- than, than last year would warrant if he if he proves that he can do that. But at the very least, he's a good DH uh, opportunity uh, against 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 right-handers and a good pinch hitter, you know, against again when the, the starters are lefty. And, and, and after that, the kind of the sky's the limit. I think this was a no brainer signing. I think it was very, very easy for both sides to say yes to this. And hopefully, hopefully this is a sign of things to come and not what you're saying before. Like, this is it. Like Jock Peterson's our one thing. Um, you know, I don't think that's the case. I, I think this is a very, very positive sign. However, there was a signing recently that makes me a little worried. I know what you're going to say. Mr. Rizzo, staying in New York. Anthony Rizzo opted out of his one-year remaining option and then renegotiated a two-year deal. It sounds like maybe like with options or incentives. I don't know. But the, the upper limit on this contract sounds... Sounds bigger than what? But I think he's guaranteed $34 million over two years. I have no clue. All I was like was, damn it. You know, this might mean the yeah. judge stays in New York. That's right. Because one of the things that people were saying was that a team that wants judge should sign Rizzo. Because that's going to be a sign, at least from the if the Giants were to do it, that the Giants are in it to win it this year. And if they go out and make signings like signing one Rizzo, that would be a sign to judge that they are committed to winning now and next year and the year after and all of judges remaining good years. Um, the fact that Rizzo goes back to the Yankees is maybe a sign that judge is going to sign with the Yankees. And, and part of the narrative for judge, and I don't know how accurate or true it was, but part of the narrative for judge was the Yankee fans were assholes during the playoffs, because they booed him. Typical Yankee fan BS, by the way. God, <laughs> you guys are... Gee, really? Ugh. Yeah. The, Ugh. Guy, the guy hit 62 home runs and you're booing him? 62 home runs, right? Like, I mean... And you boo him like a week later? What is the matter with you people? What is the matter with you? But anyway... So that was the narrative that that Judge was listening to those boos and and that you know he was really upset that Rizzo was getting booed and razzed all the time as well. And first of all, I don't buy that narrative at all. Like you know, I mean, well, they're grown men playing a professional sport, right? So. And they know that boos are part of it, right? Yeah. yeah. And and so no, I mean, nonetheless, but the fact- nonetheless, Aaron, Aaron, baby, I will not boo you. That's all right, right. I we will booze you though. Totally. I just named a cocktail out of you for crying out loud. (laughs) And we'll make a cocktail named after you at least every... Once a month. 
once, well, I was going to say once every couple months, but sure, once a month, let's commit to it. <laughs> Aaron Judge, if you sign with the Giants, we're going to make at least one Aaron Judge-inspired cocktail on this show all of next season. Book and it. they won't, I, and, and none of them will be a planter's punch. <laughs> wow, now you're really like, you're dialing yeah. yourself in. All right. I know, I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you think, is this a thing? Is it the thing? Like, I, I, if we have to believe all these weird stories before, yeah, you know, like. I, I, you're right. So part of me is like, yeah, it's a thing because it was like, if the Giants assigned Rizzo, I'd be all like, oh, that means the judge is going to follow. But, you know, at the other side of it, I, you know, again, these are grown men making grown men decisions on their own future. And maybe it has a little influence that his buddy Rizzo's resigned with the Yankees. But if the if the Giants, his hometown team, back up a, a loaded truck full of cash, I I think he'll be like, hey, we'll just we'll just text each other, Rizzo, and we'll just yeah you know. yeah yeah. I, I I don't think there was a lot of room for Rizzo anyway, especially after the Flores signing. You know, I I, I think. I I think I really think the Giants are going to pursue one of these shortstops. First of all, it just makes sense, right? Because it's easier to get one of four guys, right? I mean, really three. I like Dansby Swanson's great, but I, I'm not a Dansby fan. That's not the one I want. I will take Bogarts, Correa, or Turner, and, and, and any one of those three guys before it's Swanson. But, um, you know, it, I, I think I really wouldn't be surprised if it's like somebody like Nimmo, you know, one of the three shortstops, and then a starter or two. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I think that's really what we're looking for. I, I don't know that Rizzo ever really made sense. And I don't think that Aaron Judge is going to, you know, base his decisions on what Anthony Rizzo does. No. And I think that was probably not true if the Giants had signed him. Right. So I don't think there was ever much of a chance of Rizzo signing with the Giants anyway. Um. But I do think it is probably a sign by both Rizzo and the Yankees to get their deal done quickly. I do think that is a sign to to judge, right? They believe it. Yeah. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think I think nobody really knows what Aaron Judge is going to do yet. And I think Steinbrenner just made a statement the other day about him being a captain is a possibility. If you're making statements like that, you're negotiating in the open, and that means you're not sure what Aaron Judge is going to do. Yeah, yeah, good point. So I think I think the jury's still out, and um, you know I I I, I, will I don't name Aaron Judge captain of the Giants. By the way, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, he'll be but, the first San Francisco Giant. Well, I guess he would be the second. He'll be the first <laughs> official. He'll be the first official captain. I'll get the electric tape ready. For- <laughs> Yeah. What if we? They. What if the Giants make that the new official captain symbol is electric tape, right? <laughs> That's and and a hat, a captain's hat in your locker. Um. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, I will say this. Like it's getting real now, and I I will say that at the end of the day, I think that Aaron Judge is going to sign with the Yankees or the Giants. If he signs anywhere else, I want I want I want Zaidi's head. If he signs with the Yankees. Which I think is the likely, it is the likely scenario. Yeah. Then I expect the Giants to go all out on one of those shortstops, and then I expect to see t- two new outfielders as well, outfielders as well, mm-hmm. 
and and Nimmo becomes a huge, huge target at that point. Um, but I guess it remains to be seen. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, one thing that we saw that happened this week uh, was, uh, you know, the the Giants making a lot of moves to uh, to prepare for the Rule Five draft. Um, so, meaning they had to, to to put some some people, some of the players who are eligible for the Rule Five draft, onto the forty man roster to protect them. And the Giants ended up adding six players. Uh, some of them uh, were names we're very familiar with: uh, Luis Matos, Marco Luciano, uh, even. Tristan Beck, but then there were some that like I had to kind of look up, like Keaton Wynn, uh, Jose Cruz, Brett Wisely. Uh, Brett Wisely actually wasn't even on the Giants until uh, yesterday, and then they they added him to the forty man, um, which I thought was interesting because the the Giants traded uh, outfielder Tristan Peters to the Tampa Bay Rays for infielder Brett Wisely. Um, and if you recall, one of the other guys they added to the 40 Rand roster was a starting pitcher named Tristan Beck. Um, so my, my, my thinking there was that the Giants just had too many Tristans. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to, you know, we got into that whole Brandon thing yeah. and, and that got really confusing. It did. So they were just like, you know, we, we can't keep doing this. We got to We got two Tristans would just be like a, a, a major yeah. pain. So yeah. Yeah, so trade one of them. Now we got a Brett Wisely instead of an, another Tristan, um, and and Brett Wisely actually uh, is a uh, you know well, and we can talk about this uh, in conjunction with who they released, uh, but I feel like he's a, a Jason Vossler uh, type player, a guy who uh, plays the infield uh, and uh, plays it pretty well actually, and and has hit for some some good numbers in the minors. So that could be somebody that we see next year because. We won't see Jason Vossler anymore. Uh, the Giants, the Giants gave him up the, or designated him for assignment to, to clear spot on the forty man. He was one of the more notable names that they released, along with Harleen Garcia, uh, who has had his moments, has been very good at times for the for the Giants, and then has had times where he struggled quite a bit. And I think with the um, with the emergence of Scott Alexander, uh, that maybe that made Garcia uh, expendable, and so they uh, and and Farhan Zaidi said they expect to trade him uh, before in the next few days um, and before he yeah, clears I waivers. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I can't. Somebody's gonna want him. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna want Garcia. Like he he. I understand why the Giants did it. I I think they feel like they can uh, they can build a bullpen. Um, and and Gar- Gar- this was a move they had to make to protect these other guys. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to want him. Uh, Vossler, man, gosh. Like, uh, you know, Vossler is that kind of guy that he's a replacement player, but he's one of the best replacement players. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's that guy that you want in your org. And uh, that, that's kind of disappointing. But I, I, I hope it's better for him because I can't see him like I can see him going somewhere and be given in a shot to win a position at a lesser team or a team that's, you know, struggling, struggling with injuries or something like that. Well, absolutely. I mean, and, and one of the things, too, is that he still has an option left. Like I was I was thought, thought maybe he he didn't have an option left and that's why they were getting rid of him. But according to fan graphs, he still has uh, an option left. So, uh, you know, it. 
obviously a numbers game. You know, they've got guys they want to protect and they've got to make some some tough decisions. Uh, but Vossler, you know, when given the opportunity, was a very solid uh, player for for the Giants. And so it's kind of a bummer to, to, to see him go. I thought that uh, he was a good, uh, you know, he was always, you know, he called up. You know, he remember two years ago, he was optioned nine times. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and so uh, and he should have been optioned more last year. I mean, they were bringing up, uh, I can't even remember their names, but it was, uh, you know, Donnie, Donnie Walton. Walton. And, yeah, and yeah. A Prado. That's right. From uh, the Mariners. Like, uh, and the I mean, guys like, God, those guys were like, I mean, Vossler was better than both of those guys. And I, I don't, yeah, they didn't call Vossler up enough last well, year. Well, I mean, last year, his numbers with the, with the major league club, he hit 265, had a 342 on base, a 469 slugging, and his weighted runs created plus was 127. He was one of the better major league giants yes, last year. Yes. And, uh, but was only, only played in 36 games. And 111 I don't, appearances. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't performing at the AAA level. Maybe he was hurt and playing through it. I don't know. I don't understand half the things these guys do. You know, they're all smarter than me. Well, he did uh, struggle least, a little bit. I mean, yeah, he was his weighted runs created plus in the AAA was 82. You okay. know, so right. um, so well, that's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. But I mean. But he was know. one of the rare guys you bring up to major leagues, and he does better. And so, um, yeah, and hopefully yeah, he gets I a mean, shot. Right, and he's one of those guys that makes me glad that, that the minor leagues are finally, repre- you know, they're finally in a union and represented because, like, these guys don't get paid enough, right? Like, a guy like Vossler was absolutely great insurance to have in the organization, and we're going to, you know, I, I think the Giants will miss him, right? I, I think I think we have, the Giants probably have a little bit more depth there now with, with J.D. Davis and um, Anvilar. Yeah. VR, but, like, you know... It, Vossler is a great piece to have, and he kind of is that quadruple A kind of guy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just wish for guys like that that there was more money in that, <laughs> and right, maybe there yeah. will be in the future. But but anyway, I, that's a that's a one name that I'm sorry to see go. All of these other names, I mean, this all makes sense to me. Like you know, granted, I don't know a lot about well. I don't know who Jose Cruz is, and uh, Brett Wisely. I guess you just described to me. He's the new Brett. He's the new. He's the new Vossler. Yeah, um, having another good outfielder also from Tampa Bay probably also makes sense. No, that's the guy they traded. Yeah, they right? traded. Yeah, they traded uh, Tristan. Oh, Peter, and Brett uh, Wisely uh, is who they traded him for. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I think. Um, yeah, the other guys that they got rid of were just guys that they like. They they got rid of two catchers that they just added last week, and I'm sure they're hoping that those two guys will maybe clear waivers and they'll be able to add them to the AAA roster uh, because they don't have a lot of depth um, at the at the catcher level. So, um, but those uh, Dom Nunez and Maybreeze Valoria were two yeah. catchers that were that were released from the the forty man. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, that, uh, you know, it's still a work in progress. Um, interestingly enough, there were a couple of players that they didn't protect. One of them was Will Wilson. If you recall, he was the guy that they spent $12 million on, uh, uh, to, from the, when a trade for the, um, with the, uh, with the angels, uh, they basically bought him, uh, by taking on a bad contract from the angels and the name of the guys re- you know, that they bought is, is or traded for is, is escaping me. But nonetheless, uh, they had invested $12 million in that guy and they've, they've, un- they didn't leave him protected. Uh, but you know, position players, um, uh, don't get don't get picked up in the rule five draft as much because it's you know someone you have to stash on your roster, uh, your twenty six man roster for the entire year. 
but uh, the other guy was uh, reliever Nick Avila, uh, who had a really good year last year. And so there was a lot of talk about whether he would be um, that he would be protected. So it wouldn't be surprising if Nick Avila uh, gets picked up by another team in the Rule Five Draft, just because he's one of those young arms that you can put in a bullpen and maybe you know uh, put out there an inning or so, you know, every other game, and him to get some out. So I, I think that that you know he, they may lose him, but it wouldn't surprise me if Will Wilson stays within the, the organization. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick Avila would probably get picked up. Yeah, I think he, he he probably will. Will Wilson probably won't, and if he does, very high chance that he comes back to the Giants, right? Yeah. Because like so so the, with Rule Five draft, for those of you who don't don't know, a Rule Five player is eligible who is not protected on your forty man roster. If you don't put him on your forty man roster, and he qualifies for the Rule Five draft, any other team in the league in a draft order can draft him. And but the rule is they have to put him on their 26 man roster. That is their major league roster. And they have to carry him on that roster for the entire major league season. Um, And if they don't, any time that they uh, the time at which they would normally have sent him back to the minors, they instead have to return him to whatever team they got him from. And, uh, and the reason they do this is, is because there's sometimes what happened in the past long time ago is, is that a lot of teams would stash really good players in their minor leagues solely for the purpose of keeping them away from other teams, right? So you'd have all these poor guys who were good enough to be major league baseball players, but weren't because they happened to be on this one team's roster who didn't need them. Uh, that's why the rule five draft exists. And so, but of course, with as Matthew says, with relievers, it's easier to get away with with putting a, a, a Rule Five draftee on your major league roster with a reliever than it is a position player, uh, because position players are needed need to be used more often and and, and almost always in a high leverage situation. So, um, if Will Wilson does get picked up, it's it's a story that you can actually track throughout the rest of the season. You can watch and see how he performs. And maybe he has a breakout rookie season and he wins rookie of the year. And then you want to just like, you know, burn the house down. But or, you know, or he gets uh, he gets demoted and sent back to the Giants. I, I don't think that's hap- going to happen. He probably won't get drafted. He's tw- he's only 23 years old right now. The next year. Will Is be he really? Wow. OK. I didn't realize that next next year will be his 24 age season. And, uh, but Nick Avila, I think it's almost guaranteed he's going to get picked up by somebody. Yeah. I can't, so, I can't somebody imagine. will try. Somebody will try. Right. And so, and they usually do this before the draft is soon. It's in January, right? I think the rule five draft is in January. And so then they go to spring training with the team that drafts them. And, uh, and so I, I assume that Nick Avila would absolutely be drafted. Uh, those catchers probably won't be. I mean, the thing is though, it seems that like at the catcher position teams, it's either feast or famine. There's teams out there that are super deep. And, and then there's teams out there that aren't. And I, I think a couple of years ago, the Giants were super deep, and now they're probably not. You know, it's just one of those things. But, I mean, yeah, I, I well, you know, I, I think it, those are sort of interesting stories. But I, I will say this. Of the players that they did protect, I mean, Brett Wisely is super interesting because he's not somebody that I, I know anything about. But the fact that he came from Tampa Bay and and he's one of these, you know, sort of like Jason Bossler replacements makes him interesting to me. But the one that's really interesting is Luis Matos. Um, Matos has, it was one of those guys that was really, really highly touted, 
but struggled with injury. And then after he came back from the injury, didn't perform really well. They sent him to the AFL where he played reasonably well and, and sort of like has kind of found himself, I think, uh, mm-hmm. after the injury and, and has come back really, really strong. Interestingly so enough, big... I think interesting enough, the, the, one of the things that really stood out was his defensive play. Uh, right. I want to say he was the defensive player of the year for the fall. fall I think that is true. Like, yeah, for the AFL, he won defensive player of the year. Let's let's double check that right now. And just to, while you're t- double checking, uh, to clarify, the Rule 5 draft is actually at the winter meetings in December, early December. Oh, in December. So, okay. so it's only a couple weeks away. All right. So we'll find out there. That's kind of an interest. I mean, that's, you know, if you're super into, yeah, into baseball, it's kind of a fun story to follow. You know, Rule 5 draftees are really interesting, right? It's one of these things of like, you know, a lot of times you get these guys that aren't ready yet. You know, the Giants a couple of years ago had a Rule 5 draftee um, in their outfield as uh, one of their starting outfielders. And now he's a star for the Colorado Rockies. You know, so uh, after after surviving a bout of uh, cancer. Really? Connor Joe was a Rule 5? I didn't realize that. I believe believe Connor Joe was a Rule 5. So double check me on that while I finish figuring out whether or not Luis Matos was the defensive player of the year. And he was. Yes, right. Luis Matos was the defensive player of the year. So, hey, Matthew, you know what counts as getting younger and more athletic? <laughs> is if you bring up your own guys. You know? That's right, that's right. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I think it's very premature for Luis to come up this year. But um, but that's a, it, he's a really good story because he was not playing well, and then he got hurt, and that was, I mean, a lot of guys disappear after that. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he has rallied from that has been a good story. And the fact that the Giants felt like strongly enough about it to protect him means they felt like other teams were going to feel strongly enough to like take a flyer on him, you know, like, like the, you know, the Reds or the Pirates certainly would have taken a flyer on the guy. I wouldn't put that past the, the Rays or gosh, even, I don't know, even the Mariners, or the Guardians. You know, I could see them taking a flyer on a guy like that. So, so I, I'm glad to see Matos on the on being protected on the Rule 40, and it likely means that we will see him because we know that everybody on the Rule 40. I'm sorry, everybody on the 40 man roster plays. Yeah, that 138 proof uh, Rome is starting to get to you. Um, but uh, you don't think we're going to see Luis Matos play next year? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking you're stumbling over what the Rule Five uh, or the 40 man roster is called. Oh, the 40 man roster. <laughs> um, but just to, so I did check. You were right. Connor Joe was a Rule Five draft pick, but by the Reds, and then oh, the, Reds the Reds traded him to the Giants in early March, in mid March of 2019. The Giants started him uh, uh, as their yes, as their opening day left fielder. Right, they are one of the many opening day left fielders that we've had over the last since Barry Bonds retired. And uh, and then he went one for 15 with the Giants before they designated for assignment and sent him back to the Dodgers. Yeah. So he, so the Giants didn't draft him. They traded for him. Yeah, they traded for a roof. Yeah, I don't know how that happens very often. Hey, yeah, I can. They can, traded for a rule five. Yeah, well, you know, and Connor Joe has played very well since. Connor, uh, I mean, since nobody. The they were not wrong. They were not wrong exactly. about his potential. You they know? were not wrong about his potential. Um, and he's. I mean, Connor Joe's a great story in general. I mean, just just because of that, right? You know, never mind the fact that he's a cancer survivor now. Um, you know, uh, yeah. See, I'm not so drunk that I don't remember that Connor Joe was a Rule Five draftee. <laughs> no, I mean, and so. everybody stumbles stumbles over forty man, twenty six man, Rule Five. Everyone, know. everyone. That's right. 
All right. Well, uh, yeah, we are at the hour, so maybe this is a good time to to, to wrap this up, so you can continue. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but before we go, uh, Bob, let everybody know where they can find us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Whoa, 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 Bob. Wait, wait, wait. Twitter? Are we doing that? Mastodon? Like, I, I actually thought about making a Mastodon account, but then I got confused <laughs> about what server I should choose. And uh, oh. uh, and so I was like, I, 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 I got cold feet. And so I like I pulled back. But uh, but maybe, maybe. Uh- on the behalf of tech people, I really apologize for stuff like that. Yeah. I hate it when we when when engineers ask nor like regular people, normal people to pick a server. <laughs> like I really apologize on the behalf of, of thanks, all... thanks, because I you know I, I feel like I'm a pretty savvy guy, but I I started to get a little cold feet when I started to kind of read into the different servers. Like one of them was like totally about actually like beer, and I was like, really, there's a server that like focuses on beer. Like I and so then I started thinking like, well, would a cocktail people be be welcome in a server that only focuses on beer? And I got confused, and then I didn't want to like make the wrong decision, so I thought I would leave that up to you. Actually, when you got back from from Mexico, decide if we wanted to move to Mastodon from from the uh, Elon Musk uh, eviscerated Twitter. Elon Musk's Twitter? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be Elon Musk's Twitter in a year, but it's also not going to be the same Twitter in a year. But that's a different podcast. It is. This it is, is about baseball. But in the meantime, follow us there and on Instagram at Giant Cocktails, where we put up all of our uh, our recipes and and I'd say in the off season we're a little slower on the old Twitter, but uh, during the season we we you know we definitely um, banter back and forth with the with the with the, our with the fans. So definitely uh, give us a follow there, uh, and you know rate us and subscribe if you haven't done already on our on the on your podcast player of choice. Also, tell your friends. Yes, like if you have other Giants fan friends who who you know just like just say hey. I listen to this podcast, you know, I don't know why I do. I guess they're kind of funny. And, check it out. And, and I like to, to maybe try out their cocktails. You should check it out too. Yeah. And, do and, that too. you know, over Thanksgiving dinner, you know, perhaps when you're talking with your friends, uh, you could mention the giant cocktails podcast. That's right. You could say, I got this cocktail from Ben at giant cocktails. That's right. This planter's punch. That's right. You're going to need two kinds of rum. You're going to need uh, Jamaican dark rum, and you're going to need a Demerara rum next week. Some nutmeg and some cinnamon syrup and a spiced apple cider. You know, the one from the the, the, the store that it's like, you know. The, the, the Shopper Joe's? Shopper John's. Shopper yeah. John's, yes. Yeah. All right. That, that one. All right. Well, you have your homework, listeners. Go get that rum and that uh, that that spiced uh, apple juice or apple cider. So, in the meantime, Ben, it was good chatting with you. And uh, listeners, we'll we'll see you again next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until then. Bottoms up.